Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Total Football Analysis Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scully, and we are back with another regular episode of the TFA Podcast. Two weeks ago, we released a podcast where Kyle McGuell and I sat down and discussed the ongoing anti-positional play revolution happening in football right now, particularly in South America, where relationist or functional playing styles are becoming more and more prevalent as managers find alternatives to the conventional positional play methodology made famous by Pep Guardiola. That episode was actually our most listened to episode of the last four months so far, which was genuinely so, so cool. You all seem to really enjoy the episode, so here's another. But we'll go one step further, bringing another guest onto the show as well. The topic of today's podcast is formations. Are they becoming more and more pointless? What role do formations play in modern football discourse? And how kind has the development of tactical analysis been to formations? All of these questions and more will be answered in this episode. Before we begin, though, please make sure to rate the podcast. Five stars, hopefully. It's greatly appreciated, and it helps us to grow the podcast and to get more and more excellent guests on and to get more and more ears on the podcast, too. So now, without further ado, let's go meet our guests. Joining me today on the podcast is TFA recruitment analyst and co-host of the TFA Scouted podcast alongside myself, Bryant Marquez. Bryant, how have you been since we last spoke? Hello, Adam. Yeah, I've been fine. Really looking forward to this podcast again. It's not going to be about players this time, but it's going to be a bit deeper into tactics. So I'm really glad to be here again. Well, actually, I came to you with the idea and I knew I wanted uh, to get you on because I think there's a lot of stuff that we discuss off camera, Brian, during the TFA scouted recordings that obviously doesn't go out on air. And then we are going to talk about during this podcast. So I, I, I was really excited to get you on. I'm also joined today by the ever wonderful and thought provoking Kyle McGuell. Kyle, how are you? Doing well, Adam. How are you? I'm doing great. What's on your agenda for Monday's piece then? Yeah, um, I've started working on it. It's um, uh, looking at Bahia in Brazil. They, they were recently acquired by C- Citigroup. Um, and they hired manager Enato Paiva, who was at the Valley in Ecuador, and then Tigres in Mexico. So it's he, he's hit the ground running with some very good transfers. Um, eleven games in, I believe. So just just having a look at how he's playing, on how how if it if it is if and how it's in line with the rest of the city group. Brilliant! I can't wait to edit it. I'm sure I'll be editing at the weekend ahead of Monday. And it, as always, I 100% recommend the listeners to check out Kyle's piece on the TFA website. They are genuinely, genuinely so, so interesting to read. They're always different. They always make me think. They're so out there, but I love them. And the writing is obviously incredible as well, Kyle. So big, big ups to you for the quality of work you're producing at the minute. Let's get into the topic then we're going to discuss in today's podcast, which is formations. Um, I think before we kind of go into the ins and outs of formations, it's important to note my favorite book on this topic and i just don't think there's anyone else in the in this sphere of, of of football writing and tactics writing or just tactical analysis that did a better job at discussing the history of formations and how formations work and their origins than jonathan wilson who wrote inverting the pyramid i'm sure many of you who are listening have read the book it's probably my favorite tactics book um there's so much so much history in it and he manages to bring it in and tie it in with football from foundation from the foundation of the game right up until i believe it was about 2012 i think pep guardiola had just won the second champions league title with barcelona at the time and maybe had just left barcelona it's really a wonderful book he talks about formations from i mean the 127 which sounds crazy to even 
to even hear that. But then he talks about going from the WM, the 235 formation, right up until the 235 formation, but this time in possession. And I think that's where we kind of, I think that's where formations have almost split. Brian, I'll, I'll come to you first because I don't know when. Well, I have a good idea when, but I'll, I'll let you take the lead on this. Formations kind of split into attack and defense, whereas they were always seen as one. I think now you have a lot of time when a team set up in a quote unquote 4 3 3. In possession on the ball, it's never a 4 3 3. Somewhere, some, you know, at some point in football history and the way we see the game, that divide happens or, or happened. Do you think it was around the Pep Guardiola, uh, I suppose, revolution, if you want to call it, it's what some people will call it? No, I, I don't think it's on Guardiola, you know, you and, and search the Mourinho's like uh, pre, not pre-work, but his presentation to mm-hmm. Porto in what he was looking as a manager. It, the first thing you look up into uh, his shape on possession is like a two, three, two, three, something like that. So it, 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 I don't know if it comes from Mourinho, if it comes from Guardiola, but people that it's not that deep into teams, tactics, and all that. Obviously, they're going to be talking about 4-3-3, 4-4-2. I think it's an easier way to think about uh, football and all that. But then you go deep and you find these kind of coaches that really make a revolution of the game, uh, Mourinho or Guardiola, talking about, I don't know, the, the three two five or the two three five so it's really crazy to think that when you all your life you've been hearing like four three three even myself when i started this of the of of analyzing matches uh, coaches players it was really crazy to think about the shapes aren't like that like it's only a four three three and it's going to be throughout the match in the 19 minutes it's a different shape and Obviously, in possession, it's different to uh, out of possession. Even some coaches divide their shape in three phases of the game, but that is even more extends to what we're looking to talk about. But I really don't know to to tell you, like, totally sure if this started with Mourinho, but I really think just to make a revolution in football about the modern game and all that, Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. You also touched on the kind of you know using a two three two three formation. Just as an example, it doesn't mean it's very. It doesn't have to just be there. Kyle is 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 putting. I suppose is quantifying an in possession structure logical anymore, considering how fluid football has become now. Because I mean, we can talk about using a. Two three two three, and then one of or say your six drops in between the central defenders, and it's, it's a three two two three, and then again you're kind of, I mean, you're analyzing the game. Is there a point in saying, okay, well they use a two three two three here, but then okay if he does that, it's three two two three, and then he does this, and it's a a three, you know, a, a four one one whatever. Like I mean, does does it does it is it logical? I think it is to a certain point. Um, I think it's 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 something to give origin to 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 an initiate like an initiate initiate or 
initial sorry mm-hmm. initial um starting point for, for the players to organize themselves but as possession develops and, and as the ball progresses um it, it's going to change the the especially now with fo- football and i think that's where we are, we're at is that football the spaces are a lot tighter um players are having to move much more there's much more fluidity like you said so for, just to give you an example i was looking at bahia and and it's textbook positional play and and obviously you'd expect the two three five um at some points but then you have the the wide player dropping in so much that you can do it's like a like a two four four but then it's asymmetrical so so i think applying numbers to it, it at some point it doesn't make sense anymore mm-hmm. it's it's something to come off like it, it's in the origin at, at the origin point that's how they're going to start the players are going to be distributed in this sort of um shape this distribution vertical and horizontal that's to give you an idea but then you have to look at the players um you have to look at the players characteristics and that that's going to tell you a bit more about how it's going to play out because it's not or maybe the collective structure and their ideas but it's 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 just a starting point i think when you when you look solely at that and then you're so focused on that it's just not you can pause the game at so many different times and identify so many different formations that it just Mm -hmm. it becomes illogical before we get into more you know, a more analysis, or I suppose before we look into formations more analytically is a better way to phrase that. Let's kind of, Brian, I'll come to you on this. Let's talk about using formations in just general discourse and say, you know, our version of layman's terms, for example. Why why are formations good or useful for people just watching at home? Maybe on a casual basis, you just want to get the team lineups and you see, okay, Liverpool are playing a 4-3-3 and Henderson's here and Trent Alexander-Arnold's here and Robertson's here and Salah's here, etc. Why is that kind of logical and beneficial for people at home just on a, I suppose, a, a, a casual discourse basis? I mean, it's easier to anyone uh, to look at football and think about, okay, we're watching a team that plays in 4-3-3 and, and that is the fullback rather than go deep and talk about the fullbacks, I don't know, goes inverted and then goes wide and all that. Because, you know, football is entertainment and people just want to watch football and have fun. And some others want to work inside football. Like, not like us, you know, journalists that at Mm -hmm. some point want to know about tactics. And some of them really know about tactics really well. Some others like are really not interested but i think it's easier to the people to watch like a game and think about that and think about wingers like wingers okay are quick are threatening and not like what does the wingers does dropping in or tucking in as an inverted what why they are doing that so in the way you you think of that it's easier and not that stressy for people maybe to watch football Mm. in that way but I agree with Kayo in in the way of talking about in, that it's an initial point, you know, because you can go to a training as a coach and said, okay, we we don't have a formation, we're going to play football, you know, you you just have to have like an an initial point of that, and then you have to work and because football has evolved, not in a point like it was before, like the winger is going to cross or the fullback is going to cross and that's it. The football has evolved into a I don't know. Okay, we are playing in a two-three-five, but the wingers are inverted and they go and they drop 
And the fullback then, we were talking about, I don't know, Liverpool with Henderson, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Salah making that triangle of movement. So what's their shape in that moment? Is, mm. is it a shape or, 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 or is it not, you know? Yeah. I think, I mean, that's that's a really good point. Is Is, is putting emphasis on formations then when you're analysing something like that, Kyle. So, for example, you're analysing Liverpool. You see Henderson making an overlapping run or something, or, or they create that wide triangle with the right back Henderson and and, and, and Salah. Is there a point in labelling a certain structure on the pitch and saying, okay, well, in this 4 3 3, they cre- create the triangle here? Because while again, it's a good reference point for people to understand what the triangle is, because you can say it's that this player, this player, this player. It's not actually. It doesn't actually look like that on the pitch because mm-hmm. Alexander Arnold isn't in the back four. He's way up the pitch. He's almost in the final third. I mean, you could almost say it's a, a front four if you wanted because he's that high up. It's he, mm-hmm. he's not alongside Van Dijk or, or Joel Matip or Kanata or Joe Gomez, etc. Yeah, it, it's it's it keeps going on the same tab, but it, it it's an initial point because the formation will tell you some things to begin with. So the four three three four two three one they're so popular in the past couple of years. Why? mainly because of the triangulations that you can instantly create from it. But then that is only, again, a starting point. And then I think for teams to, if they're analyzing Liverpool or whoever it may be, you don't say it's, it's superficial to say, okay, they play a four, two or four, three, three. I think you have to look at the movements, the the principles, the patterns of behavior. Um, Those are more, they will tell you more because uh, watching the game last night between um, uh, Liverpool and, and Real Madrid, Trent was in possession. He would come into the midfield, into the half spaces, even looked like a like one of the sixes. Whereas Henderson would maybe drop out wide more, out wide. So it's it's you have to look at the movements, the patterns, uh, the principles in possession because the principles will guide the movements. So you're you're looking at for, for consistencies and patterns, which goes beyond formations. If you if you're trying to trying to put a number on it, it's it can only go so far. To to begin with, it's good because it tells you the the initial or distribution of the players. But then, it's I don't think I think it it goes to a certain limit, and I don't think it's that useful to to, no. to label or to, to to try to get numbers on a, on the pitch. Positions and roles, then, because I think and Brian, I'll throw to you on this. When when you when we look at formations, they give you positions. So you see a four three three. You see a left back, a right back, your two central defenders, your wingers, your centre forward, etc. On the pitch, you see roles. And the example I sent you about yesterday in kind of planning this was Bernardo Silva from Manchester City. He played as a left back in terms of the position of the 4-3-3 in the 4-3-3. But did he actually play left back? Because no, he well, he didn't really because he played kind of like a midfielder. But then when you're looking at Man City's formation, you see 4-3, oh my God, Bernardo, Bernardo Silva's left back. And I think people lose their minds then. And I'm like, well, in Guardiola's mind, he's not left back. So there you have the kind of the difference between using um, I suppose roles and positions and positions are in formations, whereas roles not so much. Does that make sense, Brian? Yeah, it's the kind of point we, we have talked about uh, off air and even on air that in football right now, I don't think players have positions, they have roles. And it's better when you 
watch football thinking about roles rather than positions because Bernardo Silva as a left back, you, you clearly know he's not going to play as a natural tip or mm. typical left back, you know? Uh, even when you think of uh, Rico Lewis, he's not playing as a left back, uh, right back, sorry. When he's playing, he's playing as a midfielder, very close to Rodri. So you have to think about roles. I, I prefer to talk about roles in this time where football is evolving to an era that we have to talk about that, like movements and dynamics. And I really prefer to talk about principles. I think analysis, it's evolving and it's going to evolve into a form to talk and to watch football like on roles and principles rather than formations. Because at this point, you go and you talk to a coach or I don't know an analyst and you said like okay we're going to face this team and they play 4-3-3 so what's what does that tells you mm -hmm. it, it doesn't tell you nothing when you're going to analyze a team you're going to play against or I don't know a team you want to know because you're going to analyze a team to wrote a thread or wrote an, uh, an article or a piece or a, a, anything and you're thinking about what formation they play and that's like the focal point for me at this moment in football it's not like that it's more like to talk about what they do in each phase of progression what they do with each movements of players and roles and i cl clearly agree with that what, what you're asking in the way of football right now it's about roles and I think it's going to be about roles for several years because with the fluidity of the game right now and how, I don't know, dynamic has been everything in recent matches and recent years mm -hmm. with so many movements, wide, uh, wide to inside or inside to out. It's unbelievable the kind of movements the players are making right now and teams are making. Inside, yes, an initial formation and an initial idea, but I think it's going to a point like roles are dominating the game. Mm -hmm. Kyle, that's a really interesting point that Brian made, but it made me think of something. Where do, where does who decides a formation then? Because I know this might might sound silly, but let me explain what I mean for a second. When Man City play, you always see on paper it's a 4 3 3. Like against Arsenal, like against uh, Nott's Forest at the weekend, 4 3 3, Bernardo Silva is quote unquote left back. Who decides Who decides that? Because then when you see City are out of possession, they're probably pressed in a 4 4 2. And then in possession, it's a 3 2 build up structure and Bernardo Silva plays alongside Rodri. Why, why, why have we universally agreed? Uh, maybe you don't have the answer to this. I just think it's a. Uh, an interesting discussion. Why have we? Why have we uni universally agreed then that it's a four-three-three? Is that just based on Guardiola's preferences in the past that we just kind of presume it's a four-three-three? Why are we looking to put? Why are we looking to quantify it? Yeah, I think. I think football football's evolved, mm -hmm. but for so so many dec decades, not even years. Formations were the way, and they still are the way to, to, to for the casual fan, for the 
to, to get an understanding of the team's distribution because the average person won't really be interested in, in all the, the stuff Brian especially is, is talking about. It's just um so I think we it's kind of like an universal agreement to where we're gonna we know everybody knows it's not gonna be that, but we're gonna do it just because yeah. to make it simpler. Um because then I mean Sky Sports isn't gonna have a split the screen into and have an in possession and an out of possession for our formation. So it, it makes it it makes the, the job easier. But I think again Pep Guardiola um is probably one of the more drastic examples. Take Conte at Spurs, for example. You see the formation, you know that's where everybody's gonna play. It's very positional position not positional play base, but positional like actual possessions and information. So Conte is a good example when we're speaking of this because it, it, it may, may be up on the opposite end where it, it is very positioned rather than spaces. Yeah, yeah. And again, Brian, this is actually, you know, playing into what you said there recently about kind of roles versus positions. How do we... I think the issue is, and, and this is where I suppose formations do play their biggest role, how can we quantify a role in terms of, I mean, like, you know, when Sky Sports put the team sheet out, do we just have a list of the players with no positions? I mean, how can we, how do we quantify what kind of a shape a team's playing with? Or, or, or is the argument that we just kind of do away with that? We just look at a start and 11 for how it is. We know that there's, there's, in football, there's a goal, there's a goalkeeper, a certain number of defenders, midfielders and forwards and we just kind of crack on from there rather than looking to quantify. Is that the? Do you think that's the best way to go on or do you think formations still have a nice role where we're able to use them to quantify kind of a base of a team even if it's, even if there's not really much logic behind it. Like we said with Man City, I mean, we kind of just presume they're playing a 4-3-3. Never once did they defend in a 4-3-3. Never once did they attack in a 4-3-3. We we yeah it was quote unquote a base four two three. I think it's a an useful tool to think about common viewers, and I'm not talking about this like being superior. I'm talking about mm -hmm. I don't know my dad that is obviously not that deep into tactics. He's he only wants to watch football and he only wants to know what's the I don't know the lineup of Liverpool, Real Madrid, and all that. So it's a useful tool to just know what the base of the team could be even it's very useful to think about it out of possession because we're talking like uh, too much of in possession but formations for me really works well in the way to talk about defensively and you can know the base of a team just only read, reading like their shape or their lineup, I don't know, what they're going to look defensively, you know, because you know there's two players that are strikers, there are four midfielders, there are four defenders, obviously, and then it's a 4-4-2 four -four defensively, and then in possession, it, it's going to change, it's going to be dynamic, it's going to be fluid, I don't know, the way the coach and team wants to play, obviously, but it, for me, it's a useful tool, but People just recognize maybe if Guardiola is playing a, I don't know, four two three one in this case. Let's just think about the formation in that way. And people aren't going to say that, you know, because the Pep, Pep like 
in the brains of all the people is like they he plays four three three. So in every mm -hmm. sequence and every screenshot they are going to show or they're going to talk about is a four three three out of possession, in possession, everything. Because he's Pep Guardiola and I don't know if people panic about talking about him changing the, his shape. But how many times Pep Guardiola has changed his shape since coming uh, to Manchester City, you know? Mm. He plays with wide fullbacks, inverted fullbacks. Uh, now he's talking about not more wide wingers. So it's crazy to think about that. But for me, it's a useful tool, not only for common viewers, but in the way of thinking about defensively for a team and, and to know the base, you know, because you have to know the base if they're playing with two strikers, I don't know, only one striker, two midfielders, three. It's obviously a thing and an initial point that, again to talk about, but then it's it's all dependent on what the players, where the players move and what their roles are looking to. It's a really good point because I actually, when, when you said about your father, it actually made me think of my granddad who I watch a lot of football with and how stressed out he gets at, you know, just simply seeing XG on the screen, never mind, you know, Kyle Walker isn't, imagine, imagine you didn't know for a position and it just came up, yeah. Kyle Walker inverted fullback. I mean, my God, the, the stress you'd feel. Um, so I think, yeah, it, it is a really good way. And again, you're so right about saying about, um, you know, thinking about, I suppose, watching games in a superior manner. And, 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 and that's not the case at all. Like I, I fully understand that some people just don't really care that much about tactics. I mean, that's perfectly fine. Some people love watching football and they might not have that enjoyment of the game. They just want a simplistic way to quantify the positions of players in the pitch. And that makes complete sense. Kyle, defensively, Rene Maric, famously, the he was a, a famous writer and I believe co-founder of Spielverlagerung, which was a German tactics website, kind of, it was started in German, morphed into English, a, a wonderful website, very in-depth and intricate and articulate and detailed. He's also He was also the assistant manager, I believe, of, or assistant, sorry, assistant coach at Leeds United, only recently under Jesse Marsh. And he also worked under Marco Rosa as well at uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach and uh, Borussia Dortmund, I believe. So he's uh, has amazing experience. He once said, I remember on Twitter, that formations were only a means to look at how a team defends. Even at that, is that a fair is that a fair assessment of formations that they are mainly useful defensively? No, because it, I'll give you one example at Leeds, Bielsa. Um, mm -hmm. When you have a Minmarkin um, system, then you throw that out of the window. So. Yeah. It's it's I think like Brian said it it helps more because more teams defend in zonal in a more yeah. or less a zonal mm -hmm. marking um which can that in itself can be dragged away by certain certain players or whatever to to turn in other formations but it is a it is a heavier reference than maybe in position um so yeah I think there's some truth to that because in and with the ball the relations that arise from the, the players. The movements it's more interpret like inter based on the interpretation live mm -hmm. on the player will go into that space not really caring whether he keeps the perfect line of four um in possession it tends to be more but out of possession the player might be more conscious of that line of four 
because he wants to reduce the spaces. But there is some truth to that because the goal defensively, especially now, is to, to limit the spaces, limit the, the, the so formations become relevant in that because you want to mm-hmm. keep a shape. The shape is there to, to do this, so you want to maybe stay in that formation um, for that, that organization. But I think there is some truth to that. I think um, it, it defensively, it's it's more it's, he- it's more heavy of a reference than than in position, um. But still, though, you've got you've got to consider Bielsa those Minamarkin systems, um, who who just don't really care for for maintaining a compact structure. It's more about limits and the options, the the the, the hmm. references and, and yeah. That's such a good point. You know, I I actually I mean I I, I didn't think of that myself as mentally and maybe embarrassingly I didn't think of the Minamarkin Bielsa systems and. But it's so funny because I remember years ago when Bielsa Force came to England, I was trying to almost analyze Leeds defensively using the scope of like the way we look at zonal blocks and and you know four four two compact mid blocks and low blocks. You will you will lose your hair trying to look at the game through those lenses. You have to like. It's you have to analyze it differently. And Kyle, this actually plays into a conversation you and I had only two weeks ago on the last podcast about how more functional styles and relationist systems make you change how you analyze games because you can't look at them. And when we analyze games, we look at things through the scope of positional play. And when you when you analyze a, a, a team that play a more functional style, you can't do that. You know, I, I, I one thing I want to ask you though is. Touchy, staying on defensive systems before we kind of move into what we will talk about functional play in a minute, but we'll talk about defensive. We'll stay on defensive systems for now. Jamie Carragher, I remember a couple of seasons ago, talked about Manchester City. It could have been last season, but I think it was the season before that. And he analysed how they just defend in different formations all over the pitch. So when they're defending low, defending long balls, high pressing, mid block, throw in, they're always in a different formation. Is it weird to look at the game like that in terms of? a team defending in a different formation in almost every phase? Is it not just the same formation, but, you know, it looks slightly different because of the way the opposition are and the, mm. the I suppose, the situation, the game state? Yeah. Um, it, I think bringing formations into it kind of takes the... He's on the right track, but bringing from by bringing formations into it, he kind of loses it a bit because you have to look at different phases or, or thirds of the pitch or areas of the pitch because obviously the goal might be closer. You might be closer to the touchline. Um, the high line might might have more space. So the different phases it it will affect how you defend, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. But by bringing formations, that I think it over like makes it more confusing than it has to be. Um, I think. Because they'll play a team that will def- attack in a certain way, so maybe that's why it looks a bit different. And next game, you're not going to look the same. But I think if you look at those different systems, it- it'll be a different formation. But the principles might be the same. That area of the pitch, they're going to try to do a certain thing. The players will orientate the press to force out white, mm-hmm. um, or it- it's just so many little things like that. So it goes back to the idea of overarching principles and 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 ideas that will dictate the team's behavior given where they are on the pitch. Um, yeah. I think by bringing formations into it, you overcomplicate it because um, it just it, it will change from game to game. It changes from opposition to opposition. Um, it's just, yeah, 
I don't think there's much of a need to it, but I think breaking it down by phases does help because each area of the pitch poses a completely different dynamic to, mm-hmm. to, to it. And I mean, the best example of things changing in a formation is when you're playing with, say, a a four five one, and one of the central midfielders steps out alongside the centre forward to press, and it becomes a four four two. And is it? I mean, is it relevant to state when you're analysing something or when you're writing down or yeah. analysing the game? Is it is is it even relevant to say, oh well, they're defending a four five one, but it becomes a four four two? Well, what's the relevancy of that? I like, think I. Yeah, I think a good. It's funny you say that some information because um a few last month I analyzed Lecce mm-hmm. for the magazine, and 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 their mid to high block it's a four one four one, but one of the central midfielders I think he is Spanish. I think his name is Juan. I forgot his name, but um mm-hmm. he's only twenty years old. He has more of a physical, energetic presence, and he's on the on the left side of the the midfield or the central midfield. So he is always the one to jump and help the center forward. So in my analysis, I said, rather than, than trying to say it's a 4-1-4-1, which can change into a 4-2-4-4-2, I just, because I watched a lot of games and I saw that happening time after time, a position against a position, it's always that guy who's jumping. So maybe it's it's there's a reason for that and and it, it, it introduces a new dynamic there. Um, so yeah, I think... Like that's a good, very good example. It's just I, I don't think changing the label numerically does really anything. It's just yeah, yeah. I agree because a lot of people will write Twitter threads, and I'm not gonna. <laughs> I mean, Brian, me, and, you and I speak about this off air a lot. I'm not gonna dig anybody out because I'm, I'm just, I'm not gonna do it on air. A lot of people put threads out. All they talk about is formations and numbers and and structures, and they say, oh. This team, Liverpool defending a four five one, but he jumps as a four four two, and I'm like, okay, well, great. That, there's no relevancy to that. It just happens. It's just something that happened because the, the midfielder stepped forward. I'm like, there's no actual relevancy to why they've done that. If you if you give me a reason why that's relevant, then it's, I I feel it's interesting. I just think some sometimes so many people put so much weight on formations when it's so easy to say they defended in a 4-5-1 but the midfielder would jump out and press yeah that's much better than trying to quantify that Brian you know you and I actually spoke about this recently as well on the I believe it was the Pierre Hincapier podcast the the TFA Scout podcast when we said about central defenders leaving the back line to kind of be more aggressive yeah a few weeks ago Tottenham Hotspur beat Manchester City 1-0 when Spurs were pressing high up the pitch Eric Dyer I believe it was would push way up the pitch as well and he'd man mark can't remember what, what city player it was he'd man mark in essence the formation would technically become a 4-1-4-1 as opposed to a 5-4-1 because Dyer was going up the pitch and he'd leave the back line I've seen so many people on social media or when they're analysing games say oh look at City they're pressing the 4 or Spores pressing the 4-1-4-1 is it okay to interpret it as that I mean this, I suppose this plays into or the question I want to ask you is I suppose what we want to talk about is how people interpret formations differently. Because my interpretation of that wouldn't be a four-one-four-one; it would just be a five-four-one. Eric Dyer's still a centre back; he's just left his line momentarily while they're pressing. But again, what I want to ask you is: like, is, is it still okay to see the formations differently because they are open for interpretation, or are they not? I suppose. I agree with Kyle in the way he explained that, in, saying it, it's kind of looking to overcomplicate. The analysis mm-hmm. trying to, well, they changed 
well that that character uh, quote about changing their shape in different situations yeah. it, it's kind of overcomplicating the things because i remember writing a piece for the netherlands in their preview to to the world cup and one of the things i really like about it was how timber playing in a back five he will jump out of his line looking to press when they were playing against a team using a free man so in the case they were playing against belgium and it was hazard as a free man timber will jump and he will be it, it wouldn't be like part of a shape even he will all, all, only run like running and trying to not uh, bringing space and time to hazard so to talk about i don't know dire jumps in and it all the shape mm. transforms to a 4141 it's crazy because in the other hand let me put an example about in possession of, of tim walter's hamburger so it's a team that use rotational center backs that become in different moments of the and game a, they could have they can, and a very high goalkeeper yeah, and a very high goalkeeper that plays as a centre back in some on some occasions. Like he he joins the back four, and the other centre back plays as a defensive midfielder. Mm. I don't know. In some moments, the centre back rotates, and the and a midfielder comes in, and not the defensive midfielder. The eight come in as a centre back, and the fullback then comes in. The goalkeeper. It's unbelievable, you know. And is it relevant talking about shapes for that team? Like how you can explain it, it was a difficult task to me about talking about hamburger because it, it was the time where I started in total food and analysis. And we were talking about six months ago, but since six months ago, I was like watching football in a slight different way. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it was a really complicated task because you come watching, I don't know, Liverpool, Manchester City, Tottenham, Arsenal, and then you see hamburger. It, they they don't do functional play or anything like that, but but it's like they play with positioning positionism, and they just rotate like crazy. So how do you explain? If you were a guy that is explaining football in shapes, how do you explain hamburger? Because they don't have one. Okay, they they they're looking for what uh, for width. They're looking for uh, central channels to be congested in some moments of the game. It's not a shape for me. It's mm -hmm. like people playing football, rotating position, and it has work. I mean, they are really close to get the, the promotion to the Bundesliga. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good point, actually. And just sticking in line with relevancy, I want to go back to the, the Eric Dyer situation for a second, because again, as you touched on, Brian, some things just aren't relevant to quantify. And I think this almost something we mistakenly do. And I, some, I mean, I, I'm sure I can go back to a lot of my previous articles myself and, and find examples of me doing this. But we try and quantify things that just it, it's not necessary to, it's not relevant. I mean, like, is it relevant for me to say Eric Dyer steps out of his line and it becomes a 4141? Why is that relevant? Why can't, I mean, the understanding is that it's a 541 anyway. If I just say Eric Dyer steps out of his line, you have a very clear image of what he's doing. He's pushing up the pitch. Has the formation changed? Maybe, but like, is it important to know? Like, is it is it is the reason I'm is the reason people are saying it's a four one four one just merely as a reference of sight to kind of you know picture it in your head that is exactly the way it's laid out. What if he pushes even further up? Does it become a four five one? 
you know, him in a flat midfield again, is it relevant? Is it not more important of who he's man-marking and why he's man-marking them? You know, and I think anyway, I, I, I feel like I'm ranting and yelling at a cloud here, but Kyle, I want to I want to move on to something that, that Brian alluded to. I should have used this segue, actually. It was my fault. I, I didn't use Brian's segue when, when he touched on functional play. The question I have for you about functional play and relationism, and again, if you want to hear all about that, go back and listen to the last podcast myself and or Kyle and myself did. It's, it's wonderful, and Kyle explains in full detail everything about this new wave of, well, not new wave, maybe maybe kind of re-emerged wave of playing throwback. football. Yeah, throwback kind of way of, of playing you know, to a, a simpler time, maybe. But the question I have for you in relation to functional play is and formations. Are, again, are they relevant? Like, how how can I look at Fernando Dinas's Fluminense and, and and understand what formation mm-hmm. they're playing? Does does it even matter? Does he does he care? Yeah, I think it, it. I think it. This when you bring this functional play into it, you add a new perspective, which myself I've I've grown and explored. Um. So let me just start with two weeks ago we had the podcast. I listened back to it, and I I really like to challenge my my thoughts, and I. I was thinking to myself and somebody messaged me on Twitter and, and, and challenged me. And I was like, maybe, and I, I've grown to, to paint Denise as a false utopia. Maybe we're like, uh, freedom is real. Absolute freedom is real. And, and it's perfect. And and I've started to, okay, maybe it's not so. And, and there is this chaos, whatever, but there is still a formation because if not, he just go, like Brian said early in the podcast, he goes to players just play they're not going to know where to send so it's still and curiously enough denise plays a four two three one um so it's there's still that positional origin that 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 initial initial um organization and then you have denise um i think it loses relevancy because i i can just provide you any screenshot from denise uh, fluminense game it's just you have nine players on one wing, let alone like the, the, the wide channel. Um, it, and it just, you absolutely cannot put a number in that. And then, but then you have, I looked at last week, you have Renato Gaúcho at Grêmio and that's, mm-hmm. he, he adheres more to a four, two, three, one. And they're both a four, two, three, one, but at the knees, you have some instances where it completely loses that. And you have eight players in complete different random interpretive channels Spaces, but Renato it adheres more to it, and and it's a bit more narrow and encourages approximation. It has a lot of the aspects from from functional play, but you can see the 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 form the positional references there more clearly, even though it has functional play. So I think with it, it it it, it challenges the way we usually conceive the, or look at these, like you said. Because you look at the knees going into it, expecting to see, let alone formations, yes, but concepts like width, maximum width, um, depth, whatever. It's just you're not maybe going to see the same things that you see in, in, in or positional play. So I think formations lose relevancy in there, but only to a certain extent because you can still have stronger references. It's just about how strong the reference is. If the players are, if, if the manager tells them they must, they really must. It's more important to them to to kind of go back to it. Maybe there's a sequence of play. They get dragged away, 
but the manager's emphasizing, hey, go back, go back to the space, maintain some sort of organization. Whereas they need to just, you know, whatever, just go. And then so so it just it, it brings a new dimension to it because you have this functional play which maybe tells you, oh, it's freedom, it's it's whatever. But Hinata Gaucho, it's an example where maybe there is the positional guidance and I think it, it needs to be. It, and I think you can't really find a team that doesn't have that initial mm-hmm. positional guidance because or else what are we doing? We're just throwing 11 players on the pitch and then there's no defenders, there's no attackers, there's just whatever anyone wants to be. So, But do you, do, you, do you think that, I mean, again, I'm playing devil's advocate here, but formations don't give you any details about the state of a game and they're like alone they're not a, a reference for how the game's going i mean yeah. do you not think that the space in the pitch is a better reference for the players yeah. to understand where to stand like why and there's just something i'm missing here when we discuss formations why is the why is the clear image in a player's head on the pitch of a 4-3-1 why does that matter to them when they're playing and kyle you're a player mm-hmm. you play you I mean you're literally just back from a game when you're def- and the game's chaotic and it's all over the place, why is in your mind the reference of a four four two or a three five two in your um, in your case? Why does that matter to you? Because I think no matter how much we may like or want to dance with chaos, we still all we need some order, some order, and I think the players need it, need some order, or else they'll, they'll feel a bit lost or feel mm-hmm. it's. It's tough because Guardiola had that quote, which I brought up in in, in in the last podcast, where the players, their choices must have a collective guide. And I'm maybe not so much a fan of that, but it is true in some sense that you can't, the player needs to feel safe that he has some sort of structure, some some order, some organization, or else he just kind of loses. It, it all falls into absolute chaos, which mm-hmm. although we may glorify that and then he's, in some instances, it's not complete chaos. Is not perfect, so you need that. The player needs that in his head, and that's mainly for his characteristics. I mean, you have some players like um, I'm just going off my head, but I think Lukaku is just when he was at Inter the first time before he went to Chelsea, he was absolutely flying, and it had a lot to do with the the for the team's organization because mm-hmm. the the midfield would create that space where he would have that it almost. Trans, it turn into transition like scenarios where he's absolute he's a beast. So it it it's it helps the individual um to to maximize their contribution to the side in some sense. You need he needs to have that organization or else I mean remember playing at like five six years old. What can you do when there's like your own teammates are taking the ball from you? It's just so so it it's very fundamental stuff. But you need some sort of order. Um, for the players to be able to contribute. It is interesting, isn't it? It's almost like we can stray so far from order, but we still need to be able to snap back to the order. And it's almost like, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I had like a, um, it was a Homer Simpson stretchy toy and you could pull its arms and legs really far. But when you let go, it would return and restore to, you know, normality and the way it should be. And it's almost Mm -hmm. like in football, when we stray so far from that chaos, if the ball goes out of play or something happens, we can, reform in a shape yeah go back to kind of yeah go back home almost and it's almost like yeah. again it's like getting that order back even if we stray so far from order we can yeah. regain it again and, and I, yeah and i think i think it's interesting because functional play and positional play it's so different i think mm-hmm. um 
uh, I keep going. Bahia is the one I'm looking at. They turn into a two three five, two three five or a three two five, and they're not really they, they don't care about going back to their four two three one. That's even though that's what they play, and you can see that well, that's where they play because they'll have two deep line midfielders, they'll have an attacking midfielder, but they don't really care about ever returning to that. So in positional play, it maybe loses a bit of that because it's it's the spaces that that dictate everything. It's not the positions, but in functional play where maybe you don't have these spatial guidelines. Mm-hmm. It's more important because it's something to return to. Um, so, yeah, and I think it's just, again, it's a fundamental thing. It's returning to, and then you can dive so much deeper into how a team on this side may view space in itself. Yeah, that's a completely different topic, but this is just fundamental um, formation positions. It's incredible, isn't it? It's almost like we, regardless of your beliefs in football, you know, how you want your team to play, how your team do play, whether it's, positional play whether it's relationist whether it's long ball whether it's counter it doesn't matter it's like everyone Mm -hmm. has just solely agreed that somewhere in the middle you have formations and nobody really knows what to do with them or what their relevancy is it's just to give us all a basis of football nearly brian the last question i want to ask before we wrap up is this is something i remember when this came out the internet lost its mind tiago mata did an interview before where he said he wants his teams to play a 2-7-2 formation. And social media took that literally the way we view 43 ones as if he means two at the back, seven, kind of like somewhere somewhere across the five channels in the middle, and then you have your front two. Um, what he actually meant was, I, I believe it was either a 43-1 or a 43 sideways. So horizontally, so you'd have two on the left uh, channel, you seven in the middle corridors, and then two on the right is that a bet i mean that's the first time i've ever heard anyone i suppose look at a formation that way is that a i mean first of all what's what why did he do that is, or and secondly is it a better way to look at formations does it make more sense to instead of looking at formations vertically and seeing kind of like the vertical lines on the pitch is it better to go horizontally because we see break it up into three horizontal lanes and we see there's three here, or say there's six here, and there's one here, and you've a three, six, one, maybe. <laughs> like the is that is that odd, or is that does that make even make sense? When obviously Chago Malta says that it's the first time hearing it, like for mm-hmm. me, for you, and I think for many people. So it's kind of uh, odd, sorry, but it it gets to the point. I think we talk about this in the World Cup podcast, when we would talk about like, it's not a correct way to play football and it's not a correct way to see formations. Like Mota is showing that. And for me, it isn't like a book when you watch, uh, sorry, you read, you read it and just like, okay, football is played like that, like in possession, sorry, like, lot of possession i don't know uh, you want to be direct it's not like a book and nothing is like you just cannot Mm -hmm. block a team or a manager because they play direct i mean the other day we were talking about i think off air about deitch and i i really just love him because he's so good he's really really a good manager i don't like feel that close to his game style 
but he is unbelievable what he has done and it's not like prohibited to play like that you are allowed to play the way you want and the way you want to see the game if you want to see it like in faces or you want to see it like i don't know uh, carlos corberan want to uh, he sees football like yeah kind of know, all unraveled uh, into one every phase yeah. connects yeah and it's really good what he was talking about in that clip uh, and in that uh, inter- it's not an interview it's like a class so it's really amazing what he was talking mm-hmm. about there so it, it's so many ways to watch football to understand football and it, 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 i marred the other day they said like uh, football is about players and we used to think football is about the player the the, the guys or the, the people that are outside there. And it's not like that. And in his way of thinking football, obviously he was an unbelievable player and it was a really a technical player and all that. He thinks football in a case of, I don't know, rebellion of the player playing the way he wants and whatever he wants. And in that way, and in that case, they won the World Cup playing in mm-hmm. some extent to to that, to like functional ideas inside their midfield, trying to play with the isolated player that is Di Maria. And how many teams has this kind of patterns mixed? Like Eric Ten Hag, for example, even right now at Manchester United, but his Ajax, the first time I saw it, it was very functional, you know, and, and but it had some positional patterns and all that and you just cannot tell him that that is bad but if, if even if you mix the two ways of play it, it and it's not only the two ways of playing football so for me it's really good to see people talking about these kind of things like and even Thiago Mota you know who's talking about a different way to see formation it's crazy every brain and every person has their way to to see and understand football in a different way i think if i asked sean dyke about a 272 horizontal formation he would punch me uh, square in the nose <laughs> yeah personally <laughs> guys we we will leave it there though i'm i'm i mean this was a really thought-provoking podcast you guys brought up so many points that i hadn't even thought of i was um i'm very appreciative of course of your time and i i'm i hope the listeners enjoyed the podcast as much as I did. So thank you, Kyo and Brian, for coming on and giving me your time and giving the, the listeners some some wonderful points to take away from the podcast. To all the listeners at home, I hope you enjoyed as well. And make sure to tune in on Monday for another episode of the TFA Scouted Podcast for you all to enjoy. Also, make sure to rate the podcast too and share it with your followers, friends and family as it really helps us to grow. Thank you all for listening and goodbye for now. <laughs>